Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Compass Rose Leadership Navigator, the show designed for business leaders with business success coach and leadership strategist Donna Price. Leadership Navigator is the talk show for leaders. Whether it is management, employee engagement, supervision, coaching, team building, conflict, we have great information for you to guide you in your leadership learning. Welcome to Compass Rose Leadership Navigator. I am thrilled to be here with you. We're broadcasting live from Newton, New Jersey, and um, our guest is based in Florida. This show is a production of Compass Rose Consulting, and I'm thrilled to be your host, business success coach Donna Price. The show is designed for business leaders to bring you critical information for your business. And today we're focused on networking and how to be a real business connector. And um, I'm not sure if we've got Christine on the line yet because um, the icon's still spinning around for me, but I want to just tell you that this is going to be an incredible I encourage you to log into the chat room so that you can post your questions or call into our listener line at 646-668-8050 and um, I'm going to have a great conversation with Dean Mercy Overton who I would like to introduce to you but I want to just see if she's on the line yet so that I can have her call back in if she's not here. Um, Christine, are you here? All right, I'm going to ask her to call back in and um, technical difficulties, you know, it's always the way when you check your technology and then um, it it's only when you go live that it gives you the challenge. So um, hope, hopefully we can get Dr. Over to back and we'll have a great show. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Christine Mercy Overton. Um, she's a British American, the cousin of the late Diana Princess of Wales. She's a renowned keynote speaker and instructor who has given thousands on business development, effective mentorship and humanitarian outreach around the world. Her degrees, diplomas, and certifications are in theology, leadership, hospice, business management, law enforcement, and public speaking. Over the last, Dr. Overton has hosted thousands of radio shows and has appeared as a special guest on numerous radio shows in America, India, and throughout Europe. I think she's on three shows this week alone, I think, was what I saw in her email. She's a former UN representative, and she has given presentations at the United Nations in New York on the humanitarian outreach in India and Japan. In her capacity as a Chamber of Commerce president and CEO, Dr. Overton has enjoyed a highly successful career in teaching, executive 
creative, effective speaker presentation and dynamic networking in addition to helping facilitate roundtable meetings with executives from the U.S. and Canada. She's the author of 50 Things I've Learned from 50 Years of Life, which is in the Library of Congress. I did a book and I highly recommend it. She's produced over 80 humanitarian films and Campbell County's premier recruitment film, Civic Pride. And it looks like we've got her back, so let me see if we've got her yet. Um, she's received over 100 awards, honors for business excellence, speaking, and humanitarian work, including four letters from U.S. Congress, Rotary International Scroll of Honor for Humanitarian Outreach in India, and the Girl Scouts Award for Woman of Distinction. I want to just I am so honored to have Dr. Christine Mercy Overton with me today, and I know that everyone listening now and in the future is going to learn incredible things during this um, conversation. So please remember you can call in at 646-668-050, or you can log into the chat room here at Blog Talk Radio and post your questions or comments. Christine, do I have you? I hope. I'm Welcome here. To can you show. hear me? Can I can hear, hear you. I'm so I'm so glad. Awesome. <laughs> the show, um, the blog talk radio technology has changed a little bit, and um, I could see that you were here, but it just when I tried to make your mic live, it just kept spinning round and round and round. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'm here now. That's great. It's, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for being here. I wanted to just start us off today with a little bit of history about how we know each other because we've known each other for several years. Um, I'm not even sure how many years now. Um, when you were with the New Jersey State Chamber, um, we met in in your role there and you had an incredible kind of network of um, businesses across the state of New Jersey that you had connected with in a really quick amount of time. Um, so I just wanted to kind of start there with that, our our relationship beginning and and how you do that type of networking and build those networks. Um, absolutely, and and there is a there is a key uh, a main key that I think um, makes um, makes me a little bit different um, to your uh, average uh, networker, and um, I want to touch upon that because uh, everybody who knows me, including yourself, Donna, knows that I am um, a very uh, powerful, um, humble servant of the Lord. Um, and because of my faith, because I put that first, not my career, um, it certainly shapes um, and, and it shapes my daily life, and it shapes the way that I conduct myself professionally. And, and you'll attest to that. So that's really what I wanted to sort of start by saying today: is I want to approach this from uh, a different angle than what most people would. Um, and uh, and approach it from the the, the Christine Overton angle. You know, um, David 
uh, serve God's purpose in his generation. Uh, and then you find that in Acts 13, verse 36. David served God's purpose in his generation. So God called David a man after my own heart because he dedicated, like I do, his life to fulfilling God's purpose on earth. Now, we serve God by serving others with grace. The world defines greatness in terms of power and possessions and prestige and position. And if you can demand, it's all about demanding service from others. And if you can do that in the modern world, we're supposed to have arrived in our self-serving culture with its, uh, its that me-first mentality, acting like a servant is not a very popular concept. Now, as you know, and you've written books, and I have too, there are thousands of books that have been written on leadership. But no one wants to be a servant. We would rather be generals than privates. Even Christians want to be servant leaders, not just plain servants. But to be like him is to be a servant. That's what he called himself. So I always tell uh, my clients, I tell my students, that God shaped you for service not for self-centeredness. Without a servant's heart, you will be tempted to use your shape for personal gain. You'll also be tempted to use it as an excuse to exempt yourself from meeting some needs. Your shape reveals your ministry, but your servant's heart reveals your maturity. No special talent or gift is required to stay after a meeting, to pick up trash or stack chairs. Anyone can be a servant. All it requires is character. So many say it is possible to serve in a church or even an organization, a company, for a lifetime without ever being a servant. You must have a servant's heart. So how can you know if you have the heart of a servant? Jesus said, you can tell what they are by what they do. So I use that as my introduction um, with you here because um, what differentiates me, I think, from a lot of people and what will differentiate this interview um, is that I approach business. I approach networking. I approach everything that I do with as a servant with the heart of service um and is that going to make me the richest most powerful person uh, in america in 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 the world absolutely not but at the end of the day i know that by humbling myself each day by putting my faith and putting the way that i approach my life if i i put that first then I know at the end of each day when, I, when I've completed a day's work that I have fulfilled what God created me to do. Uh, and my whole day begins in prayer with help me to be a blessing to somebody today. Help me to be a blessing to somebody today. And when I met you, I had um, a, a, an established network and my, my primary goal when I met you, which was back in 2009, was to ensure 
that I was kind to you, that I was honest with you, and that I understood who you were, what you are, what you do, and and I think I and I am sure that I asked you the same that I ask everybody. How can I help you? Right, exactly. And I think that 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 is one of the key differences in your um, approach to networking compared to other organizations and other people. That many people, business owners or business professionals. And many networking organizations, including chambers of commerce and other similar types of organizations, will enter into the networking meeting or exchange with a mindset that is focused on themselves, either the organization or the person, kind of the what's in it for me instead Correct. of what's what can I do to help you. Correct. And and I think that sometimes people um say those words without really meaning those words. They're still like in it the what's in it for me is still there. So Absolutely. Um, you know, I wrote on uh, on Facebook this morning did you know that God goes with you to meetings? Now, why did I write that? Why did I say that? Because when we go into business mode, many things change. We become proud, ambitious, boastful, overconfident or underconfident, too talkative and not a listener, anxious, loud, or even falsely meek. People change when they go to work. People change, most people change when they go to those infamous network breakfast, lunches, meetings in the evening. But if we really knew, if we really comprehended that God is with us, God is there at that lunch, breakfast, dinner, networking meeting, we would automatically show respect, love, kindness, a willingness to help others. We'd be humble. We'd become listeners. We would sow seeds for the future. We would be helpful. We would comfort one another. We would seek to do more for others than for ourselves. So, I'm a firm believer that before you walk into a room, before you even get out of your car or get from behind your desk, you say a quiet prayer. You ask the Lord to guide you, to help you, to be respectful and loving and kind and humble and to listen to the other people and to sow seeds and to be helpful and to comfort and to seek to help other people. That way, when you go to a meeting, or in the case of many that I've done in the past, I've had to facilitate, you are facilitating a win-win meeting where everybody, everybody feels comfortable and they leave with positive new relationships. So if a member 
is prepared to listen and share their connections and contribute confidently, with honesty, and willingly, then you will have a much better kind of a network meeting. You'll have a much more fruitful meeting. Again, I go back to what I say every morning. Help me to be a blessing to somebody today, Lord. I say that before I even get out of bed. Because with that prayer on your heart, in your mind, in your spirit, you are actively looking for ways and opportunities to help other people. You automatically read the me, me game. Now, you know that um, that, that I uh, love... Um, I love to meet new people. And when you first came to the Chamber of Commerce, um, and this is something that I am very passionate about, I used to have what I called new member uh, breakfasts or orientations. Every company, every church, every organization must have new member orientation. Now, that meeting you will invite a few established uh, clients, established people within the church or organization. Very important because you want people to feel welcome. So I'd like to talk about that with you um, in a moment as to how to facilitate a positive win-win meeting. Okay, that sounds great. Okay, so... First of all, the, the, the crucial thing about these meetings is you must know who is going to be there. You must know your new people. So you, as the leader, must know these people before they even arrive. You must know who they are. What are their interests? What are their philanthropic passions? What are their needs? What are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? Their goals? Their You have to know this prior to the meeting of every single person that's going to be there so that you are in complete control of knowing who you think needs to meet another person. The worst thing about going to networking meetings, it's like going into a field full of sheep and everybody's standing there and, and, and there's a natural inclination to go and stand next to somebody you know because it feels safe, and that's where people gravitate to and remain during most of the meeting. It is not helpful because you don't meet new people that way. Equally, what is, what is bad is when you have the leader of the meeting and the organization who should know every single one of those sheep. As Jesus said, Jesus knows each of his sheep. We as shepherds need to know who our sheep are. If you don't, how can you facilitate? How can you lead people to those that you believe will be beneficial to them? So that is crucial. And that's in the, as you get a new member, uh, prior to introducing them to everybody else, you have to take the time and the trouble to get to know them, either over the phone or ideally in person. We've got Skype too. You can Skype call. But you need, to, you need to truly understand everybody before they are there. You have to know who to connect them with. 
And then you have to have the confidence and the grace and the humility uh, to be able to make introductions. Very, very, very important. Uh, One of the things that I used to do um, as soon as I met somebody and, and gathered all of this information about them, I would always ask them to give me between 50 and 100 of their business cards and or flyers. And I would carry these around with me in a suitcase and I would display them and I would help them to succeed. Now, if you actually read my book, um, which you can get on christinemercyoverton.com, I actually have um, a chapter on this because it's something that is so important. When I first began at the Chamber of Commerce, um, I, I had you know a few clients, um, and I, I, I was able to carry their business cards in uh, in a little bag. And after eight months, I had gathered uh, 450 new clients or or uh, new friends, as I would say, new business connections. And if you can imagine, if you've got 450 clients times 100 business cards, um, you can imagine the size of the case that I used to carry those around with me 24 hours a day. It was a massive, massive suitcase. And people would say, oh, my. I'm thinking that you had one of those suitcases, like, for international travel that we carried with us, like, the biggest one you can get. (laughs) <laughs> yep, absolutely. And I would literally take that with me and I would go to events. I, I, as you know, I gave uh, many, many, many um, keynote speeches in my capacity there um, and again at the International Chamber of Commerce. Um, and people would say, well, you know, you don't have any big stands and you don't have any sort of big uh, banners and things. You know, I thought you were the Chamber of Commerce. I am, this is the Chamber of Commerce, and I would set out a table and I would put everybody's business cards down on there. And I had a gentleman that once came to an exposition that I was doing, and he said to me, oh, come on, you can't possibly tell me that you know everybody, every company and everything about everybody that's on this table. I mean, you must have hundreds I mean, thousands even of cards. How can you know? I said, well, you tell me, what do you do? What are you looking for? What do you need? And I was able to go to those pals and go, okay, you need to call this person. His name is ABC. Uh, Jennifer's going to pick up the telephone because she's the receptionist right now, and she'll she'll be able just to say that uh, Christine Overton has recommended that you call. And I systematically went through many of the clients uh, out of these piles that would be beneficial to him. He ended up uh, becoming a a member of the chamber uh, and a lifelong friend. And so I am so passionate about this. And so this is my my tip for anybody who's listening to this show who does any kind of networking. It is crucial for you to carry the business cards of your clients and know them know everything about them, even including who is going to be picking up the phone if they have a receptionist. This kind of research, this kind of relationship inevitably will make you very, very um, 
successful, and not successful necessarily in terms of wealth, but successful in being able to connect and to be a servant, to be able to help other people to succeed. So prior to any meeting that I I have done or do, again, I stress this, I know who's going to be there. I will actively go up to people. I welcome them into the room and I introduce people by saying, I'll literally take you by the hand and I will take you to somebody and say, hey, Mark, I want to introduce you to Anthony from ABC Company. Their company specializes in DEFG and I really think that they could be so helpful to you. Now, Anthony, I want you to meet Mark because Mark's company, MNOP, does QRST, and I really believe that this will be so helpful for you. So I'm so excited that you're both here today. Just, just let, let's let's find out. Let's let's find out if we can be of service to one another. And then they're both comfortable. They're both laughing. Um, I stay with them for for a minute or so till I know that there's no awkward silences. Um, and I always sort of uh, introduce them as, you know, the which, where, why, who, what. So there's open-ended questions. And then I back off and go look for other people to introduce to one another. It's so important. You know, again, you have to be there with the mindset of, um, of what people want and need and help them to grow. Now, there are obviously different kinds of meetings. I would facilitate those, but I would also facilitate roundtable meetings, strategic partnership meetings. And there may, and I know that you've attended some of those, Donna, because people yeah. would sometimes get to those meetings. And there could be three or four financial planners. They're doing pretty much what may appear on the surface to be the same thing. And I, I, I would know that there would be some anxiousness of, ooh, ooh, I'm sitting around the table with 25 people, uh, all potential customers, all potential money for me. Ooh, and who might they know? And they're not there with the mindset of giving. They are there with the mindset of learning because they knew that I was going to also be teaching. But they were there with the mindset of, ooh, I wonder how many clients I'm going to get from this meeting. And so, as you know, I would go around the table and I would ask um, everybody to introduce themselves and then I would give everybody a new name. For instance, if you say my name is, is, uh, let me take my friend Steve, my, ste- my name is Steve, and I work for this company, and I do this and that, and blah, 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 blah. By the time you've done the la, 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 nobody even remembers what your name is. And so I would let him explain himself, and then I would say, Steve, I'm going to give you a new name, and everybody from this point forward will know you as that. And I named him shredding steve shredding right. steve and 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 why because his name was steve the name of his company was eco shred and they would go around different companies 
shredding their unwanted documents and papers uh, and also hard drives. So by calling him Shredding Steve, everybody would, by that connotation, at least have some semblance of an idea of what he did. I am Christine Connects. My name is Christine, and I automatically, no matter where I am, connect people. It's who I am. It's what I do. So that is very important as well, is that you need to consciously think about your name and what you do and bring that down to two words. Ideally, ideally, to like with Christine Connects, it's easy for people, it's an alliteration, it's easy for people to remember that. So that's something for everybody listening here to, to begin to think about. So going back to the roundtable meeting, after we had done that, knowing that people were there with the, yes, I'm here to learn, but I'm here to get, I flipped it around and said, what I'm going to go around the table now and do is to ask you, what is your personal and your company's philanthropic passion? What do you like to do And what does your company do as a volunteer project? What do you do in the community? And it was very interesting to see that there may be one or two people that were involved in a similar organization in a different area. But most people did very different things like cancer research or March of Dimes or the Girls and Boys Club, etc. And by actually doing that, they were able to begin to partner together. People were like, oh, I'm really interested in that. And my organization that I volunteer with does this. And somebody would say, oh, what do you need? Well, we need flyers. We need this. We need that. Well, my company is a printer. Let me help you during this event or this gala or this whatever it is that you are doing. And so... Those 25 people became partners, not contestants, not competitors, not there as clients, but they became partners and they became close partners. And automatically, over weeks and months, they began to work together to help each other and they were not in competition. And I did that with most of my clients, the ones that were sort of able to come to these meetings. And we even had a gentleman, and we're bearing in mind this meeting was in New Jersey, in America. We had people, and a gentleman in particular, who came from Canada. He took a plane. He took a a, a train and and, and, and hired a car, and he came for a all that way for a two-hour meeting because he wanted to, I think, originally get, but ended up being a really helpful partner on the other side of the border. So that is something, and you can give your own observances to that, Donna, but that, to me, is absolutely crucial. Well, I agree. I think one of the important in networking when is building the relationship, of course, But part of how you do that is talking more with each other and learning more from each other um, about what you're 
I always talk about your bigger vision and you know, not just I'm a business coach, but, you know, why I'm passionate about it and, you know, have people learn more about each other so that they can really be helpful to each other. Um, you know, if you just say I'm a financial planner, like it's like you need to know that person um, in a deeper way or more personal way than just I'm a financial planner. So I think the roundtable meetings gave people that time and space to hear um, more. And then I think the philanthropic um, passion is a real key also because people connected with different people about those things and learned things like, oh, I never, you know, never thought about that or I never heard about that organization and also, you know, what you knew and what you were aware of. And, um, you know, so I think that those those meetings are powerful because it gets people more in depth with each other and not just the high, you know, the quick little intro that you might get the, the networking meeting. Yes, I mean, it's so, it's so, so crucial. Again, I'm going to keep stressing this during the interview uh, with you today. Um, We have to have the servant mentality. The greatest leaders, you can be a great leader, but you have to also be, have that servant mentality mentality. People hate the word servant and servitude. They hate it. And there is such a strong tendency to want to be heard, to want everybody to notice you. There's an anxiousness within the heart, particularly if you have a boss, you have an employer who is stressed and a type personality that's telling you you've got to go to this network meeting we paid x number of dollars to this organization be it um you know chamber of commerce etc you have to go and, and you've got to be profitable and you've got to bring us back clients and so there is this anxiousness within you within your heart and your spirit and your mind that I have to go, I've got to make contacts, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to give an elevator speech. There's a, there's a biggie as well, that, that uh, fatal elevator speech where people become <laughs> so anxious and so nervous. And, and frankly, there's a lot of people who it's not their strength. It isn't their strength, but it has to become a strength because if you can... Um, stand up and confidently, not obnoxiously, but confidently stand up and introduce yourself and your company with eloquence in a short space of time, two or three sentences, and remembering you know, to keep it um, on point, then you are able to uh, put your best foot forward, as my, as my mother used to say. And these are classes that I actually teach um, from uh, from uh, children uh, in class uh, have to stand and read a book all the way through to teenagers who are in debate clubs or who have to uh, speak 
uh, at interviews to go to college or auditions all the way through to uh, executives having to give that elevator speech and even through to uh, to political candidates who have to stand on a uh, a state or a national platform and speech. I cannot stress enough to those of you listening to this show today how important, and if you are not comfortable, then you need to, to uh, do some research in your area and find somebody confident and competent to teach you how to do this. Um, again, I talk about this in my book because learning what I teach these seven P's, pitch, pace, pause, power, practice, passion, there's a biggie, passion, pow, you have to know how to deliver a, uh, your elevator, your introductory speech. You have to. It's so crucial, so crucial. So those two things, having the attitude the wherewithal of going to every meeting with the mindset of how can I help other people. I'm going to go to this meeting. I'm going to go to this orientation meeting, this established meeting, this church meeting. I'm going to go there knowing what I have to offer. Here's the key, subtle Listen to what I'm saying. Listen. I know what I have to offer. I'm going to go and find out as much as I can about other people that are there. And I'm going to find out what they need and I'm going to see if what I have will be of any benefit to them eventually. There's the key. Listen. Eventually. In other words... I am not going there to ram my product down somebody's uh, throat and, 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 and make them see how great I am and then, and then sell them something. No, I know what I have to offer, but I don't know what he or she or they have or need. So I'm going to listen. God gave me two ears and one mouth. I'm going to listen to what the other person needs. I'm going to fact find. I'm going to build a relationship. It's almost like dating. I literally see um, meetings, business meetings, church meetings, whatever. I see it as building a relationship. Two people meet. They're attracted for whatever reason. And they meet and they begin to talk. Nerves, nerves makes you talk about yourself too much. But if you have the, uh, the, the wherewithal about you were able to say, oh, where are you from and you know, what do you do? And wow, that's really fascinating. So how, how, how does that help people? And what kind of, what kind of people are, are drawn to you? And wow, and how long have, how long have you been doing that? Oh, wow, that's so interesting. And you edify edify people, make them feel good about what they do. Make them feel good about them, themselves. And eventually, you build two things. You build trust and, and you build respect. 
we all know that when if you're a woman and you meet a guy and a, and a man meets a woman and, and, and you know you don't trust each other you're strangers you don't even know each other you don't know anything about each other's backgrounds you don't know whether the man is an axe murderer or a rapist you don't know these things it takes time it takes time to get to know one another and to woo i see businesses wooing you're wooing each other not 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 wooing with the uh, mindset of uh, intending to coax them into something that they really don't want or, or etc., but wooing them with the objective of growing a long-term relationship. Listen, that is key. That is key. Business relationships should not be a a uh, one-night stand. Let's let's put that analogy in. It's not a one-night stand. It shouldn't be a one-night stand. It should be to build a long-term relationship. Long-term relationships can, uh, in the terms of dating, they can lead to um, marriage, the sacrament of marriage, or they can just lead to a wonderful friendship a wonderful friendship. And it may well be as you walk along that you realize that the two of you are not meant to be together, but one or both of you may have somebody else in mind that you think would be really great to introduce. So I'm sure you can see where I'm going with this point, is that yep. business, church, whatever it is that you are involved with, where there is another person involved, that is a relationship and I always try to imagine and I and I, I see this that every man and boy is my brother every woman and girl is my sister I live that I believe it I live it I am it every man is my brother every woman is my sister in the Lord and so consequently or subsequently I should say I I approach every, E-V-E-R-Y, neon lights, bold. I approach every single person that I meet with grace, with kindness, with honesty, with integrity, with dignity, with humility. I, I genuinely, wherever I am, 24 hours a day, my objective and this is what I teach, this is what I'm hoping your listeners will, will gather from this, I want to encourage you to look at everybody as a beloved family member. And if you can do that, if you can open your mind and your heart and approach business from that perspective, you cannot fail to make a difference in the world. You cannot fail. Remember, remember, being a great leader requires you to be a humble servant. If you master that, you will be what you are created to be. The greatest accomplishment of your life will be, as it said in Acts when I began this, this interview with you, David served God's purpose in his generation. And there are some awesome books to help you with this. I know, Donna, you, you've got uh, amazing, amazing books to help. But there is also another book 
which is which really everybody listening to this show should read this week before you do any more before you go to any more networking meetings you should read or borrow or buy the purpose driven life by by Rick Warren the purpose driven life by Rick Warren read that book and you really can't go far wrong and of course for those who are are, are Christian uh, obviously, the Bible teaches us many biblical principles for business as well as for uh, uh, building the church, building our, our personal lives. Um, and if you can do this, uh, what an epitaph. I think I get the greatest epitaph. Uh, Donna, Christine, Mark, Linda, Jennifer, you know, Troy, Randy, uh, uh, Dusty served God's purpose in his her generation what a what a great great epitaph to know that at the end of your life people will look at you and be able to say that person uh, really really helped me and helped others i think one of the things that's really important in what you're saying is um you talked about all the characteristics of a person in networking and i think that for me, in building relationships, I want to build authentic relationships with people or real relationships and not based on, you know, we're members of the same group. And one of the things I know I've experienced is that, you know, then if you leave that group, like all of a sudden those relationships that you had built aren't there anymore, <laughs> you know, that they were dependent on you being, you know, a paid member of the group. And so I think it's really important for people to build relationships that are real and authentic and um, that, like you said, they endure a long time. And relationships are valuable to us, you know, as business owners in, you know, in finding new clients perhaps, but also in collaborative partnerships um you know here we are on an interview together um you know we've exchanged talking about our books and it's not always a paid relationship it's a real relationship you know where we can call each other and say how do do i do this or i need help or (laughs) you know and um so it goes beyond of a more surface or um and I'm not sure that that's the right word, but that's all I can think of right now relationship yeah you know, the look, other look, thing look. That, go ahead no no go you 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 go sorry, forgive me well, the other thing that I think is important I've been noticing in my own business is um just that staying in touch with people and you know, I use email to do that a lot of times, and sometimes I'll send people a card or um, give them a phone call. But when you're building relationships with people, you know, just like your own family, kind of like what you've been saying, you know, having regular contact helps the relationship to continue growing and existing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, so... I just think that it's important for people to 
you're not meeting, meet someone, expect to sell them something, you know, have that not happen, and then you just let it go. If you keep building and nurturing a relationship, then things do come out of it. Um, you know, and maybe it's not business directly, but there's other, you know, other things that come from good connections and good relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a wonderful, a wonderful, wonderful point. And you know, let, let me give another analogy here. Imagine you go you go on uh, vacation. Say uh, you go to a, a, a different state, or you go to a different country, and you meet somebody. And let's just say, for the sake of this analogy, you you um, have a romantic uh, interlude with that person. And it's not just you know it's the difference between having um, a physical relationship with that person or something more a physical relationship based on that initial attraction where there really isn't much communication in terms of talking and getting to know each other. Yeah, I mean, it could be very passionate and and wonderful and at the end of your vacation you go back to your home and you may or may not briefly stay in contact with that person. You may even maybe once or twice see them again at some point. Um, But the relationship eventually uh, just just fizzles out, and you both get involved with uh, with other things and other relationships. There's that scenario. There's the other scenario. You go and you meet somebody, and there is a, an amazing, amazing connection with that person. I mean, you are able to talk all night with them. You you really uh, take an interest in each other's lives and goals and dreams and hopes. And you really know them, and it feels like you've known that person for forever. The connection is so powerful. Well, again, you have to go back to your home, either your own state or another country. The difference is with that relationship where you it's not been one based on uh, passion and sex and, and wow and gosh, this is so great, but based on respect and interest and like wow you know we have such a soul connection with each other it's so much more than I've ever had with other people you will find a way you will find a way to connect with them be it with the telephone Skype social media um, and then eventually the te- you know the telephone you, you, you can't not be connected with that person, and eventually you will see each other again. That relationship develops over time, and then one of you will move to set up your life with with that person in another country, or they come to where you are. And so the same thing can be applied to the relationships that we that we form in um, in our professional life. You you hit the nail right on the head, Donna, when you said. You know, I don't want my connections to be within a a company or a group that when I leave, I've lost that because those kind of connections are what I would term within that previous analogy of just a holiday romance, you know, uh, a, 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 a crazy chemistry, and then it's gone. 
we don't want that. That's the one night stand. That's the holiday romance. We don't want that. We want to build long term relationships where it is irrelevant where you live. It's irrelevant where your country is, where your group is, because your connections have no boundaries, have no walls, have no um, have no nothing that stops you from being able to communicate. Now, in the olden days, uh, she says, sounding like I'm 90, I'll be 50 this month, but in the olden days, you know, we didn't. We didn't have that. We didn't have that capacity. We didn't have telephone. We didn't have, and even in the last 20 years, we didn't have social media. We didn't have Skype. We didn't have that. So there was a little bit of an excuse. It was harder in those days to formulate those kind of, people still did. Today there is zero excuse to not form those kind of relationships. And again, to bring up another point, we do not, we do not sell to people. We do not sell. That's the old, that's the old mentality that will fail. We present what we have with the purpose of being helpful, with the purpose of being able to edify and um, serve other people. The people that sit in their retail shops, for instance, and, or even within, take the analogy of the church, if you sit there thinking that people are going to come to your shop and buy from you when you do limited marketing, if you think that people are going to come to your church just because your, 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 uh, your, your teachings your preaching may be just wow, but if you don't advertise, if people don't know that, they're not going to come to you. And so you have to be proactive servants, proactive servants, and go out there and and show people what you have that may be helpful or useful to them or to other people that they might know. It's all about your attitude. It's all about what is in your heart, what is truly, what is your motive. There's a great thing. Listen, if your motive is to get, you're not going to you're not going to even receive from other people because your mind is closed. You have to always live, work and, and present yourself with the mentality of helping people. And not under some guise. When we started this interview and I said, and you rightfully pointed out, people go, oh, hi, how how are you? How may I help you? They're not really saying, how may I help you? They're really saying, I'm here like a vulture and I'm going to jump on you. And the second you tell me I'm looking for a car or the second you tell me I'm looking for a new TV, I am going to blast you with everything I've got because I work on a commission-only basis. My basic is, is low and it sucks. Or my pastor or my board of directors is expecting me to to bring in this quota and bring in this money because we've got this bill to pay and the bank wants this from us. If that's your attitude, you are going to fail so fast. And guess what? When you fail, you're going to stand there going, huh? 
uh, huh? I, I, but but I don't know why. Why did I say? I don't understand why they walked away from me. They walked away from you because they felt hounded by you. They walked away from you because it was blatantly obvious that you did not care about them. Right. right. I am talking. and we have about five minutes left, amazingly. Time just flies on the radio. So I wanted to let people know your website again in case they wanted to get more information from you. And I think it's deanmercyoverton.com. Is that correct? It is. Thank you very much. It's christinemercyoverton.com. But, you know, I, I, I also want people to know that they can they can reach me through uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Um but most importantly, um, let me give you my email, which is Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, Christine J for Jane, so Christine J Overton at gmail.com. And I want people listening to this to know, to know that I am um, a very powerful prayer warrior. And, and more than the fact that, yes, I know people that I can connect you with, I want you to know that if you need support, if you need prayer, if you are having problems and issues, if you want somebody to come and talk to your group, to your church, I, I am there for you. I am here for you. I want to genuinely help you. I, I'm not here. I don't need anything from you. I genuinely want to help you and those who know me know that that's true of me and hopefully you can hear that in my voice it's about um it's about me opening myself up to being of service to you uh, and and I want everybody listening to this to know that you have a sister here who genuinely cares and genuinely wants to help and I can't thank you enough Donna our, our uh, relationship our friendship is so precious to me. And I think about you, I just smile. I, I love you so much. I respect you so highly. And, and I count you as somebody so dear and special in my life. And I, I want to encourage everybody listening to this to reach out to you. Uh, and I want you to tell everybody in these last couple of minutes, I want you to tell everybody how they can connect with you. It is enough of me now. Over to you. Well, thanks. It has been wonderful to have you on the show. And um, I've been very excited about this and talking about this because I have always seen you as a master connector. And um, and I'm going to tell people where they can connect with me in a second. But one of my memories of you at, at the New Jersey Chamber, and then you were president of, of the International or United Chamber, um, was a, me attending a meeting with 400 people and not knowing anyone there except for you. And by the time I left, I think I knew like 15 people there, having just walked into a group of 400. And um, it was unbelievable. But so I encourage people to reach out to Christine. She um, gave her website, Christine Mercy, over 
and connect with her. She is wonderful, and I agree. I appreciate your friendship and treasure it as well. Um, I thank people for listening. You can reach out to me at my website at compassroseconsulting.com. Um, we do have a great little video series on networking and elevator pitch that you can pick up there at compassroseconsulting.com. And we're going to be showing up in the next couple of weeks um, with another great interview. So I encourage you to check back on the show page as we get that up for you. So thank you, Christine, for being here. I truly appreciate it and am so glad that we were able to share this great information with This is Donna Price signing off today at Compasser's Leadership Navigator Talk Radio. Make it a great day. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.